It's time for Tundra Talk on WTMJ Nights. Here's your host, Brian Noonan, with Brandon Snide. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness, I made uh, Matt play both just so I could be introduced twice because I'm an egomaniac. It is WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620 is how you get involved on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. And as he has done all season, we are joined by our Packers insider, the man who you hear doing sports every morning on WTMJ Morning News. You read all his extra points on WTMJ.com. The man who up until the fourth quarter was probably so giddy he couldn't control himself last week. And then it all came crashing down. Joining us for the Packers postmortem, Brandon Snide is here. Hello, Brandon. Good evening, Brian. You know what? And you're right. I was giddy. And then in the back of my mind, man, I get an extra week with Brian. This is going to be awesome. We get to, we get to talk more about these Packers. This is, this is awesome. And then, and then, like, the last five minutes happened. And, well, yeah. here we are, postmortem. I was watching the game, and I was thinking the same thing. Oh, we're oh, this is getting this. All the things that we said at the beginning of the season could never happen are happening. <laughs> things are looking good. Your statement from last week: after the Packers win in San Francisco, they'll only be one game away from the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, and I'm buying into it. And then the fourth quarter starts, and things start turning around, and <laughs> the defense it. Now everybody everybody was looking at the 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 interception in the last 40 seconds. But there was a lot that led up to being in that position and a lot of it I thought again was the defense which since Saturday has the, things have changed drastically. Where did you think and, and let's let's uh say we both we both can agree, and I think everybody can agree, the Packers this year far exceeded expectations. So all all sure. praise to the Packers. Things they, they looked great. The young team coalesced in the second half. LaFleur did a great job getting them getting them on this run, playing great ball to the end. So all of that being said and believed, we still gotta look at this last game. Where do you where do you think it went wrong in the fourth quarter? You know, I don't necessarily blame specific group uh brian you know i look at it as it's a young packers team we, you know we beat the dead horse already the youngest in the nfl the youngest to make the playoffs um and i just look at it as a a team that learned a tough lesson and they just didn't make plays and i know that sounds like a cliche answer but you look over the course of the game brian you're talking the last five or six minutes of that fourth quarter probably wouldn't have mattered if they just made it like two or three plays, if Darnell Savage intercepts that ball in the, I believe that was the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's seven points right there, right? If Keyshawn Nixon right. catches that interception, I believe that's in the third quarter. That's at least three points. Cause they're already in field goal range wherever he catches the ball. So uh, Jordan love. Interceptions, the first one was bad. The second one was kind of a prayer. That was, was a bad throw. Uh, the defense allowing, you know, San Francisco really keeping them in check almost all game. I talked about the drop interceptions, but they kept them in check for the most part. Right. Brock Purdy never looked comfortable at all. You know, the special teams made a blocked field goal. They returned a kick almost to the end zone, you know, but for the most part, when it when they needed it, when they really needed it, got inside the red zone three times and they got six points. I mean, 
That's to me. That's not necessarily. Well, something happened to where they lost the game. The Packers were the better team. I've watched the game twice now against my own will. Um, <laughs> if you watch it, you know. I remember watching it live, and then I'm thinking, like, man, we're playing like really good. And then I rewatched yeah. it, and I'm like, well, we play, we actually played better than I thought on Saturday, than I initially thought. It in every phase we were the better team. We just when those plays happen, San Francisco didn't drop those interceptions. You know what I mean? They didn't. They yeah. didn't. Uh, they got in the red zone. They punched the ball in. Um, it was a young team that learned a hard lesson. But I tell you right so, now, <laughs> San Francisco is leaning back in their chair, thinking, "Woof, we got away with one because." Uh, the Packers were the better team, and they know yeah, it was. It was definitely the Packers. The you know the Packers were shining throughout the game. Uh, so as, as you point that out, Brandon, do you think this is this sounds more like just a seasoning issue rather than a talent or execution issue? It's the the execution will come oh, yeah. with the seasoning for next year. Oh, hundred percent, Brian. Here, listen, Aaron Rodgers had to learn in, in two thousand and nine when they scored. 45 points against the Cardinals and they had that terrible fumble, you know, where he fumbled it and it was returned for a touchdown. Um, you know, he, he learned, you know, then, you know, how to protect the football uh, in a certain way that, that elevates his play. And Jordan Love's going to have the same lesson. It's a tough lesson, especially because when you thought they were the better team, but Jordan Love probably shouldn't have been in that position to have a go ahead, you know, drive or, or, or tying drive at the end of the fourth quarter that the Packers should have, it should have been a three-score game in the fourth quarter if they make two or three of those plays that you and I talked about it. But it's a hundred percent learning, you know, experience. I mean, this is the unfortunate reality of sports and about life. Like you, you got to go through things, and, and in order to to learn when you go, you know, there next year and, and understand that if Jordan Love step back a year from now, he's going to throw the ball out of bounds and he's not going to go across his body in the middle of the field. You know, it sucks because. If they won Saturday, which you and I, I think most people would agree that they should have, they probably beat Detroit, in my opinion. I mean, and that's what sucks about it because you're like, yeah. man, yeah, you can never say we'll be back or you know we'll be okay. Never know, but you know, with the, the with the nucleus, with the regime, you know, on the same page as everybody and the coaching staff, a new defensive coordinator is going to be coming in. Like you, you have a good feeling they'll be back. Literally, probably two or three plays away from going to Detroit, and I think, I think Detroit wanted nothing to do with Green Bay. Probably not. I'm never a big proponent of saying, "Well, you know, we didn't. They got farther than we thought, and things were better." But in this case, it's really true when you look at this Packers team, and <laughs> and again, like you said, we've beaten it all season. But it does bear repeating. You've got a bunch of guys who would never. Never played before in in the pros, the youngest roster, and yeah, they they lost the other day and they ended their run. But I think I think it is important for people to remember a lot of good came out of this season, and you know it did go much farther and gave everybody a ride that nobody was expecting in September. No, you're one hundred percent right, Brian. I mean, I just go back to October. When they're two and five, they didn't get a first down in, in that October twenty. This is where they how far they've come. October 29th, they're playing at home against Minnesota. They got their first down of the game before halftime. In it before halftime, <laughs> it's hard to believe they got their. They were two and five. I mean, at yeah. nobody, you and I were 
you and I had a little bit of the optimism. We said if they could string together a few of these wins, um, they never did until obviously Thanksgiving. Um, but I mean, you got to look at the, the, the totality of the season. I mean, they they were injured all year. I mean, you lose your starting left tackle week one. Aaron Jones missed so many weeks. Christian Watson missed so many weeks. The back end of the secondary was hurt all year. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, they just weren't healthy, and it was such a marvelous job by everyone, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, all the assistant coaches, even give Joe Barry credit. I know he's not the Packers coordinator for defense anymore, but, I mean, that last month of the season, they were playing some of their best ball. And, yeah, it you was- know, it's it hurts when it ends abruptly like that because it felt like, man, it was such a fun team to watch, Brian. That's the other thing about it. Like, yeah, they were just fun. You, you were like, it's like, I don't want to sound dramatic, but you're like watching your kids grow up before your own eyes. Like, you're like, holy cow. Like, I remember – Six months ago, you couldn't complete a pass, and now we're two plays away from going to the NFC Championship game. It's just, it was fun to watch them grow up this year. I agree, especially when you're watching, when you watch Jordan Love, who at some point, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, started to look like instead of the <laughs> nervous rookie, technically. Yeah. He started to look like a guy who'd been playing in the uh, starting for a long time. He seemed very comfortable. Uh, Brandon Snyder's here as he has been all season. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Brandon, I want you to give us the biggest positives as you look toward next year. And then we want to talk a little bit about what the dismissal of Joe Barry is going to mean for the defense going forward. Brandon Snyder's here. You can hear him every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News doing the sports and read him on WTMJ.com. More after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, we are joined as we have been all season uh, by Brandon Snide. You hear him doing sports in the mornings on Night of Wisconsin's Morning News. Brandon, it has been it's been a fun season talking to you. It's been a, it's been great. Your insights have been terrific. Uh, before, but I want to warn you before we let you go. Matt uh, had a conspiracy theory that he <laughs> he posited a few weeks ago, and we have that clip. But first, I want all right. Let's look ahead because. Packer seasons came to an end, but a lot of good things to build on. What are what are your biggest building blocks for the Packers next year? Uh, well, I think the first one, Brian, is, I mean, you kind of talked about it before we went into break. Uh, you found, well, I shouldn't say you found, you, you drafted them, but you, you have your answer at the quarterback position for the next decade. And I think, I think that's all you can, if, if that's all you got this season, I think that would be a, success and obviously there's more to be proud of and happy for but Jordan Love second in the NFL in touchdown passes over 4,000 yards his completion percentage was right around 60 percent I mean and I don't think folks realize how special of a season he had and I know I'm a big Jordan Love fan he had he had over 4,100 passing yards Brian and not one Packers receiver went over a thousand yards so what does that tell you He's spreading it out everywhere. He's spreading it out everywhere, and a lot of those guys were hurt. Christian Watson was yeah. down for a handful of weeks. Uh, Luke Musgrave, the starting tight end, the second-round draft pick, he was out for uh, a handful of weeks. You know, you missed uh, Jaden Reed a couple weeks here and there, Dontavian Wicks a couple weeks here, and Love never missed a beat. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, is he really struggled in October. If, you ta- if he has a decent, let's say, a average October, Brian, he probably would have been at 5,000 passing yards this year. Like, that's, you know, that's crazy to me, you know, to think in year one of starting, 
And everybody's like, well, he's been in the system. You know, he should know the play. Well, of course he, he knows the plays, but it doesn't mean he can go out and execute at a high level, and he's been able to do that. So that's my first one. I mean, your franchise quarterback is set. According to Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, he, he's expected to sign a contract in May. He can't sign it until May because he signed one last year. He can't sign two in one year for okay. the same player. So that's number one. Number two is Matt LaFleur. A lot of people, he won 13 games in a row for three years in a row, Brian, and never won coach of the year. Nobody ever really gave him any credit because he said, well, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Devontae Adams, so you should be able to win. Well, Mike McCarthy couldn't do it, so the Matt LaFleur came in and did it. And then when Aaron Rodgers got traded, they said, well, well we're going to really see what Matt LaFleur can do. The youngest team to the playoffs, so with the best team, in the National Football League, we, like we talked about for the open of the, the show, should have probably won that game. So Matt LaFleur showed you that he can coach. He showed you that he has the ability to, to take a young team under his wing and, and lead them. And my last one is Brian Gutekinds. I mean, you talk about a draft class. 20, yeah. 2023 will go down as maybe the best in like a decade. Like, and, and, and that's not even being like dramatic. Like everybody he drafted – played a role this year. I mean, from Lucas Van Ness all the way to Carrington Valentine, who was a seventh round draft pick who started on Saturday in the divisional round. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, Brian Gutekinds was phenomenal. And you can even go back to 2022 uh, draft class. It was really good as well. And his biggest draft class that's been criticized is 2020, Brian. And now you just found your franchise quarterback in that 2020 draft class. So he has been doing a really good job. I trust him going forward. So that's a positive the three-headed monster, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur coaching, uh, and Brian Gutekinds being able to, to find these personnel you know, through the draft or free agency or trade. So they, those, those three are my biggest takeaways. That's a three-headed monster a lot of teams would be uh, very, very envious of and happy oh, to have sure. on their own thing. Real quick, do you think they're going to bring in uh, – the Packers faced a lot of pressure defenses this year, and Matt LaFleur after every – after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facing those defenses was always very complimentary of that style of play. Do you think the new defensive coordinator is going to be somebody who is known for that kind of uh, scheme? Yeah, I think it's going to be a point of emphasis for not only Matt LaFleur, but I think it's also going to be a point of emphasis for uh, for the players because I don't think they like playing back. I don't think they like you know playing soft coverage on third and five. Um, right. And as a player on defense, you don't want you – know, no player on defense is going to be okay with that. They want to they wanna bull rush the heck out of you and get to the get to the point of attack. So I think you are going to see that. Look, I, I gave you my positive as Matt LaFleur being in one of the positives. Like, it turns right around on him, Brian, to be like, this is probably one of the biggest decisions he's had to make in quite some time. Maybe, like, not to sound too dramatic, like maybe as a co- from a coaching standpoint, this might be the most important hire he's ever made because you – you got to get this one right. You got you got the last you got the last one wrong. You know you, it took you uh, the special teams coordinator in 2019, Sean uh, Menenga. You know, like he struggled to identify assistant coaches. This is a big deal because that's a lot of investment on that side of the ball. Right. It's a lot of high draft picks, eight first rounders since 2016. I mean, they've invested heavily, you know, from a draft standpoint and financial standpoint to make that team, make that side of the team good. They were supposed to be the ones that Jordan Love is going to be able to lean on. And they haven't been able to do that all year. You know, the offense has really picked it up. Defense played good in spurts, but that's a team, that's a unit where 
I think LaFleur is going to go out and get somebody that's number one, aggressive, and number two, open to adjustments. If there's a, you're coming to play the Minnesota Vikings, you know they got Justin Jefferson, let's shut him down, close him out, yeah. and make somebody else beat you. So I think that's where, where he's going to go to in the direction for uh, 2024. All right, let's get to this. Matt, uh, why don't you jump in and tell Brandon your conspiracy theory. This, As I said, Brandon, Matt brought this up a few weeks ago. You know, he's he's uh, he also thinks uh, Oswald acted uh, alone. And I don't know. <laughs> so this was on December the 6th, the week okay. after Green Bay beat Kansas City. Sure. The Swifties are getting to a point where it's like, and as an NFL guy, I'm just waiting until the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. And we see what happens there because that's the ultimate climax. You have the Super Bowl in the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. Right. And you're bringing in this outside audience that otherwise probably wouldn't be engaged to the Super Bowl. December the 6th. We'll see what happens on Sunday. We're getting closer and closer to reality. Brandon, where do you fall yeah, in the I, NFL? Uh, really, really wanted Kansas City and Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, you know, Brian, I would call it crazy. And I would say, Matt, no, you take your tinfoil hat off and uh, <laughs> you're wrong. But I will say this. Matt could be on to something. Because if you ever watch a Chiefs game, Brian, and you wonder, like, how did they get that call? How did Tyler Bass miss a field goal that bad at home? <laughs> right. The NFL, the NFL's numbers when the Chiefs play are astronomical. I mean, they're massive. It, it, it's not shocking. I, I would say it would be worse if she was performing in it. Then it might be even, uh, which I think they offered her, actually, um, and she turned it down. But I think it would be even more so. But, I mean, I can see it. Because the Chiefs haven't been good all year. Like, they haven't been a really good team all year. And now, all of a sudden... Yeah, all right. Well, home, listen, I don't know. You're giving credence to his uh, conspiracies, Brandon. I don't know if that's healthy. But listen, I if want to thank win, you for if they win, if if they win Sunday, then I'm fully buying into it. <laughs> Man, I want to thank you for being <laughs> with us all season. It has been it has been a lot of fun talking to you, and through the through the downs and then the ups because it was that's that's how the season went but thank you very much everybody you got to listen to Brandon Snyder every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News and read all his stuff on wtmj.com and Brandon I know we will talk before uh before training camp Brian it's been it's been a pleasure it's been one of my favorite things to do all year long I love calling into a show that I used to produce I, I appreciate you beyond words I appreciate Matt I appreciate Tommy a heck of a year, a couple plays away, but maybe next year we'll get there. But it has been a terrific year, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thank you, Brandon. All right, let's do this, and it's news time on WTMJ Nights.